Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined, as always, by Don Pizzette. Don, how was your uh, Independence Day, 4th of July weekend? Yeah, had a lot of fun. Went and did a, a tour of an aircraft carrier, which is a lot of fun if you ever have a chance to do it. Uh, you know, slight, slightly different type of technology, but impressive nonetheless. That is a uh, that's a very American thing to do on the Fourth of July. America, probably outdated technology too, because like aircraft carriers, most of them have been around for. Yeah, this one was decades. retired. It was like oh, a yeah. diesel. I think they're all nuclear now. Yeah. All right, Daniel, uh, can you match that? I sat on my back porch and watched other people shoot off fireworks. Oh, you win. <laughs> so, you win. It was pretty good. And yeah, then that, that one didn't involve leaving the house. My, my wife kept saying, everybody on Facebook is complaining about the fireworks. I'm like, they do understand what day this is, right? <laughs> <laughs> All that's on Facebook was, was dogs. Just Really? They were mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get very upset. Oh, well. About the fireworks. And we are joined today by Randall Edwards, who is a product manager with CompTIA. Randall, how are you? I'm doing great. I can't top uh, any of those. I, I took a tour of uh, the driver's seat of my vehicle to uh, drive up to the beach. So, Okay, but the beach part was probably the highlight more than the, the drive, right? Yeah, um, you know, with uh, two small kids in the back. It's, oh, it's yeah. such an exciting drive. <laughs> yeah, we'll be getting sand out of that car for Yeah, there's, there's no gone. technology that can uh, solve for that. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you throw a couple iPads in the back for the kids, though. And oh, there you go. <laughs> hopefully that takes care of it. Well, let's get to know a little bit more about Randall in our first segment for the day, which is Rapid Fire Questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, Randall, in this segment, we're going to do rapid fire questions. We will kind of rotate between each of us, throw a question at you, and you'll have approximately one minute to answer. If you take too long, Peter will buzz you. Like that, we'll move on to the next question. Uh, Looking forward to it. Yeah, (laughs) we will see how it goes. The first question coming at you from Peter. So, Randall, I'm curious. I looked down your your LinkedIn bio, and it says you used to be actually a museum curator. And I'm wondering when you just said, yeah, screw it. I'm I'm going into IT. Like, how, how did that that move happen? I I think it was about the um, you know tenth straight night of uh, of doing uh, twelve hours a shift, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, but you know, it's it's really fascinating uh, because I'm kind of one of those career changers, right? Where I started out in like I have a history degree, and I like to tell people I'm about fifty pages away from a PhD in art history, and it. it there was some point where I realized I was working with technology and I had started working for a publishing company. And I, as part of this publishing company, I was creating content that was digitally based. And it was about how do we assess digital learners? Um, and, you know, I realized, hey, I'm doing tech. I'm opening up the browser and I'm manipulating the HTML5 in it. And it was kind of like, oh, Maybe I can go do something in tech, and that's how I uh, how I got to where I am now. And I hope I don't get the buzzer. Do I have a few seconds left? It looks like go I ahead, might. go ahead. I'll allow it. <laughs> Not anymore. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've already disappointed your father enough, you know, with the art history degree. Just, you can't. You can't. Go you know, to the funny PhD. thing, he got his CompTIA A plus in 1996. All right. Wow, that would yeah. be one of the first years, yeah. right? When? when did yeah, that... good for life. Um, he worked in tech for the next uh, 30 years. Impressive. Wow. 
Well, you know, speaking of A plus, uh, I come to you. You are a product manager for several of the infrastructure certifications. Uh, a plus, one of them, uh, Cloud Plus, and a few of the others. What does your job role actually entail? Like, what does it mean to be the product manager for these certifications? Uh, the thing I like to tell people is I have to kind of influence with that authority. I, uh, you know, I don't have anybody that actually works for me, but I have to make sure that the certifications get launched. So we look at uh, doing research. We talk to subject matter experts. We make sure that um, what's supposed to be on the exam is on the exam. These get refreshed rather often. You know, tech moves quickly, and we need to make sure that the certifications c- keep up with the uh, technology that's out there. So my job is to make sure we get the right content on the exam, we get the right job roles, we get the right exams and certifications out there. And um, that's what a product manager does. I I manage the product and um, that's a great way to just define what I do using (laughs) that question, right? Is that allowed Can we say that? The word and the definition. It doesn't work for Webster's. I like it. No, I I, I would not do well there. (laughs) And and, uh, actually to kind of segues into my question, which is how do you do that? How do you say, okay, like Windows 11 has just come out. We got to make that technology fit inside of a certification in some way, shape, or form. What does that process look like? Uh, great question. I have a lot of fantastic teams that I work with. Um, I work with a research team where we routinely send out surveys to individuals who have recently had, say, the A plus certification, and we ask them, you know, if you're one of these people who have been with CompTIA and have one of our certs, you're going to get one of these surveys where it's like, hey, maybe win a free T-shirt, but please give us some information. And we really go to the market and try to find out. What is there? Uh, so we do surveys. We talk to um, SME subject matter experts. I probably talk to you know something on the range of five to six hundred individual subject matter experts every year, and you know figure out where things are going. Um, look at uh, documents. You know, go to NIST if you're looking at cybersecurity, and find out what's new there. Um, you know, constantly reading everything that comes through in all of our different Slack channels. Uh, I could go on and on about this. So somebody's probably going to have to um, do the buzzer on me at some second here. I think this but, is our first it, guest that wants to be buzzed. I know, he really wants to <laughs> You, you I, can I, I, divide it's, the it's time like how you it's, want. It's, yeah. <laughs> Just, when we get to five minutes, that's when I'm going to stop you. Yeah. I'll uh, go to the next question then. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I'm curious uh, what the roadmap is for the infrastructure certs. Uh, are you kind of at a point where you're just maintaining the ones, or are there, are there new ones that are, that are coming out? Uh, Server Plus just launched uh, a new version. Cloud Plus just launched a new version. Network Plus is coming out really soon. A Plus is going to be coming out next year. Uh, Linux Plus, a refresh is coming out next year. And we're looking at um, DevOps. We're looking at SysOps. And we're trying to find out, you know, kind of where are these more niche areas, but that really have some growth potential. Uh, You know, if you hear... IT and you, it's not cybersecurity, it's kind of DevOps right now, right? Uh, there's really some growth potential right there, I think, for the market and for the industry. And we're trying to find out, um, you know, where do we need to help people certify so they can prove that they've got the skills to do the job. And so when you guys come out with a new cert, there's, I understand there's a beta process. What, what is that like and how, how do people get involved with that? Uh, the beta process is a really fascinating one where we're looking for individuals who are in the, the job role. So every one of our certifications is tailored to a job role. So if for A+, it's that kind of one-year tech support individual. And we put a beta out there. So if you're in this job role, uh, you can take the beta. I, we usually offer them for 50 bucks. And if you do well enough... Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> God, that sounded really exciting, too. I was waiting to see... No, I'm sorry. Please go on. Please go on. <laughs> no, uh, so you get the opportunity for a uh, discount to take the certification and be one of those individuals that helps 
uh, us get the statistics of the psychometrics in the testing world on the back end to find out uh, just how to validate that certification. So it's um, it's a multi-tier process, but for the end user, you know, follow us on our website, follow us on Twitter, you know, on LinkedIn. And every time a beta comes out, you'll see there is one. We've got one for Data Plus right now. I'll talk a little bit more in uh, one of the upcoming segments. Very cool. Now now that I know your background too, uh, I'm curious, and, and for <laughs> the, the listeners only, is, is that uh, is that a Monet behind you? A, a Monet? <laughs> Manet, perhaps. Uh, uh, no, this is, this is just one of the, um, one of the paintings we have at you CompTIA HQ. The, the, oh, you're you're at the office. That's <laughs> yeah. not that's not your home. I, I, I am a CompTIA HQ here. I, I, okay. I can't lay claim to this one. So all of my the, own. All the original artwork is at your home. <laughs> that, was, that was one of his no, no comments as he mm. left the yeah, the, the, the museums I worked yes. at. Uh, their their security uh, was. <laughs> Let's just say better than some of the cybersecurity that we see from firms nowadays. Yeah, you hear more about cyber attacks than you do about stolen art. But it does happen. It does happen, but it makes big news when it does. All right, well, while we've got you here, I want to talk a little bit uh, in our next segment about moving to the cloud. And I, I know that uh, that there, you saw some interesting things with a with a shift um, to the cloud with more people working from home. And I'm curious, uh, give us your take on, on that and what you what you observed. Yeah, this was fascinating. We've done a large amount of research on this and you know, we're not the only ones, but we've seen that since the COVID-19 pandemic hit and there was kind of that forced move for people having to work from home, that a shift that was already underway really just crystallized. It was like that avalanche coming down the mountain and just really picked up a ton of snow to, you know, continue that metaphor. And for the first time we had individuals at home, you know, some IT pros that had to be in the office or at home, you know, had to be able to work from both places, which they kind of already had done before, but we saw data centers and data centers are kind of maybe the key here that were already proliferating just go from you know having $2 billion worth of investment in an area in a given year to having four to six in that area. So you the doubling to tripling of the amount of um, individuals that would be working there, the amount of money that would be put in. Uh, I've worked closely with um, the Microsoft Data Center Academies, and I just hear, you know, it's like every next month, they've got another data center coming in somewhere. And so you have the data center, which really backends and is that infrastructure, right? Um, because the cloud is just somebody else's computer. It's just, uh, you know, a data center. Somewhere. It's a really big computer with a lot of, uh, you know, compute power and a lot of cooling and data camouflage and all those cool things. But it, it's just somebody else's computer, the very most basic part of it. And we saw that movement uh, from the infrastructure side. Now, from the cloud side, there was the privilege proliferation of, you know, we're doing this on Zoom right now. And you saw those um, PaaS, SaaS, IaaS applications just kind of really take off as well. So it, it, you had the infrastructure movement alongside the same time, the software movement that was back-ended. And it's kind of been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to use this word, it's been synergistic where you've had the technology infrastructure side of it really allow those new things to occur. And it was kind of fortunate in a way, maybe one of the few good things to come out of this pandemic was that 
we learned how to really harness that infrastructure that had been built and to take advantage of it in a way that we've seen productivity gains. I was looking at recently one of the surveys we'd done um, suggests that for IT pros, the productivity gains they had were something like, you know, 25 to 30%. So this is an individual at, at probably the most difficult time in their career being asked, to multitask, but then becoming that much more efficient. Uh, really, I thought that was just um, just kind of outstanding. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I kind of feel like uh, it, 10 years ago, there was a lot of resistance for people moving to the cloud, and it took some of the bigger enterprises a little while to decide, no, we're not going to do it ourselves. We'll go ahead and leverage some of these, uh, you know, AWS or Azure or Google uh, Compute, whoever. Uh, but now, I, I think all of that resistance is gone. Like, people have accepted that as a standard solution to their problem, and most organizations in some form or another have adopted it. So, uh You've kind of said that through your surveys, you see where people are, they're already in the cloud, at least on the server infrastructure side. Now they're moving their desktops to it. Uh, at what point do we get to where we're back to like dummy terminals on our desk where, you know, we're not capable of running individual applications on our own machines? Is that is that in our future or does it stop short of that? What did you call me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I like to call people a thin client, not a dummy machine, um, but, you know, that. just, you know, one or the other. <laughs> You know, that's the multi-million dollar <laughs> question, right? Uh, I, it, It's a fantastic question. I recently had a new PC issued to me. Um, let's see, Intel Core i7 V Pro. Do I need that? Do I need that to run uh, Power BI through a, um, through a web browser? I don't think so. It looks cool. It boots up quick. Um, I like that. <laughs> but, you know, I think with that movement, we're seeing that the skills necessary for for these IT pros aren't specifically, how do I tear down a computer? How do I fix it? Everything's just in the box now, right? And you need to understand the back end. You need to understand what the architecture is or how to deploy something or to migrate something. And you know, so that's what we've done with Server Plus and Cloud Plus, where we've kind of created these two skill sets for those server administrators who are working on premise in those servers, who are working in those uh, server rooms for SMBs, and then for those uh, cloud engineers or cloud architects, um, you know, sysadmins at that kind of higher level, to be able to know what they have to do in the cloud. And you were mentioning earlier Azure, GCP, um, AWS. So we kind of take the tack with Cloud Plus, where you need to understand the language of cloud, not specifically the Amazon language or the Microsoft language, but the underlying language and have those foundational capacities. And that's what we're trying to do with our uh, certifications. All right. Well, speaking of uh, of cloud specifically, I know you guys have some free trials going on now with uh, Comptia Cloud Plus and Serpa Plus. We're going to drop those links down in the description for sure. But wh what are those trials of? I mean, not not the exam, obviously. What, what, are, what are we trialing? <laughs> No, not the exam. It's our official CompTIA content. And so CompTIA has slowly been building out our own content where uh, it's kind of a one-stop shop. So you can come to us for your certification exam to get validated and to get certified in the subject matter. But you, you can't just like go straight to it and be like, oh, hey, I think I know what I'm doing with cloud. I'm just going to sit down and take this. You know, people want to prepare. They want to test. They want to get ready to be able to test. And so we have uh, a two-week trial for most of our portfolio. But for Server Plus and Cloud Plus, which 
which just came out with our new official CompTIA content. You can get a two-week trial, uh, free trial, when you go to the link, which I think is probably going to be somewhere down there, right on the screen, right here. Yeah, um, we're we're going to put it in we'll the description. See if that worked out. <laughs> yeah, in the description, actually. So. Great. You can't click on the screen here. This is just, <laughs> no, this you get, you start touching it and it gets all smudgy yeah. and it's, yeah, this, it, that's just I use no a Mac. Good. You can't touch this. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in addition, you guys have uh, it's IT Pro Appreciation Week coming up on July 26th through 29th. What uh, is it like a carnival? What what goes on with that? Yeah, big tent. Um, you sure. know, we duck tank for the um, for the <laughs> server administrator. Ooh, like that. <laughs> that would make some money. Yeah. Yes, just please. I, well, I, I, you know, maybe it would be the dunk tank for like the CISO or the CIO. Um, but, you know, hopefully they're not watching this. Uh, you guys are great. You're great. You do fantastic <laughs> work. Uh, uh, we'll have some great uh, discounts and some, you know, features. Check out our website, the 26th to the 29th. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to say what it is. But now that you want to know, you know, come to our website. You won't believe what number three is on the list. Ooh, <laughs> clickbait. Yeah, right. This guy used to work at BuzzFeed, I can tell. Drivers in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Single ladies in my area? That's, that's just the, that's, those are the ads I get. I don't know. Yeah. And the, there's always like the picture of you won't believe this. And it's never has one of the pictures. Has nothing to do with the photo. Yeah. Never of course is. not. But, but I, I always click to check. Uh, all right. And finally, you guys, uh, you mentioned uh, just real briefly before, but you have the new um, Data Plus certification. And we talked about that beta program. So that is that in effect now? Is that you can you can go and sign up for that? Yes, you can sign up for the Data Plus beta, uh, the the data beta or data beta, however you want to <laughs> like throw that, that one out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's still open. We're looking for individuals who are in that kind of target audience. That's about that like one to two years of experience as a um, you know, kind of like junior business analyst, data analyst, uh, working with data, you know, kind of hands on. So uh, go to our website. Um, I don't know if you guys are going to drop the link in there. Yeah, uh, we'll click put it on down it there for sure. And uh, you'll be able to sit for the beta exam from the comfort of your own home. Fantastic. And I, and I don't want to let you go without um, letting you, you tell your great data joke that you told us before. Uh, uh, I've, I've <laughs> always, I've always, setup was great you know, I, I'm not a data analyst, but I've always wanted to data model. No sound effects. <laughs> no. I, I was I was expecting something there. Oh, oh, there we are. Not a crowd favorite. That one. Not a crowd favorite. All right. Sorry about that. All right. Well, Randall, we want to thank you for uh, for taking the time to tell us. I mean, a lot of stuff there. Uh, some, like we said, updates to Cloud Plus, Server Plus, uh, Data Plus uh, coming soon, and uh, and all that other great stuff. So uh, we'll check out the website and find out more about IT Pro Appreciation Week, again, uh, July 26th to 29th. So come to you.org, .org, right? Is that where yeah. we go for all that stuff? Yep. So Indeed. head over there, everybody, and check it out. Well, Randall, thank you again for taking the time today. Thank you much, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. And we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with a lot of news right after this on TechNative with Don Pizzette. How do IT leaders stay on top of their game with the IT Pro TV webinar series? Twice per month, IT Pro TV presents a webinar on current topics in the IT world. What are some of the key things we should be doing in our organization to make sure that we're prepared for disasters and then... Uh, so what do you say we go ahead and get started with today's topic, how to train your end users G-Threat. So we're going to talk about some of the major things that you need to do to help keep your people safe while they're working remote. You can catch IT Pro TV webinars live or watch on demand when your schedule permits. See them all. Visit itpro.tv slash webinars today.
All right, welcome back to TechNado with Dom Pizzette. Thank you so much to Randall from CompTIA for joining us. We're going to do a lot more CompTIA stuff this month as we uh, celebrate CompTIA month here at IT Pro TV. Uh, but we have a lot of news to get to, a lot of Microsoft stuff today, and it wasn't even a lot of the Windows 11 stuff. Uh, we will talk about Windows 11 a little bit later in some of our listener mail. We got a lot of feedback. Uh, you people have some strong opinions <laughs> about Windows 11, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but let's go ahead and start off our first one here from... WindowsLatest.com. Windows 10 version 21H2 to launch this year with a few new features. So obviously, Don, we were talking about Windows 11 and all its great features, but there's uh, there's is this the last release then of, of Windows 10 before that? No. So I I thought it was really interesting. We did focus a lot on Windows 11 last week, so I thought it was important that we get something to show. Like you know, Windows 10 has not been abandoned. Microsoft is going to continue supporting it through 2025. So it's got uh, several more years of support available, and they announced the the next uh, major update for it. Twenty one H two is supposed to come out in the second half of twenty twenty one, and it is not just a bug fix and security update. It does include some feature changes, and uh, the new features aren't all that spectacular. But it does have one that I've kind of been waiting for, uh, which is. If you use Windows Hello, right? Windows Hello, on my laptop, I've got the infrared cameras on it, so I can just look at the laptop and it will unlock based on my face. And it requires a fancy camera, right? One that can do the body temperature reading, the infrared stuff, so it knows you're not just a picture or a corpse, uh, <laughs> as, as Daniel tends to do. So, uh, uh, you know, and it'll unlock, which <laughs> is nice. like digging up old users, Don, to get That's right. their computers. That's right. But, uh, you know, in the case of my laptop, when I take it into my office, I dock it, right? So I, yeah. I close the lid and I plug in. I got mm. external monitors. And so that camera doesn't work. Well, up until now, you've not been able to use an external camera for Windows Hello. But in the update, in the 21H2 update, you will be able to use an external camera. That's something that's going to be added in Windows 11 as well. But it's nice to see these features rolling out in Windows 10 because not everybody's going to jump on Windows 11 overnight, right? It's going to take years for people to get to that. So it's cool to see Windows 10 still getting some of the new stuff. Does it make that less secure? Because I, I know you said that the camera on your machine is is infrared right so yeah. does that oh the, the external camera would have to be that way it would as have well to be it that. has okay. to be a windows hello capable camera yep uh, okay because i was going to say yeah daniel can go back to the backyard yeah. and get Where's all those users <laughs> <laughs> actually i think the uh the real article is down in the comment section of this article uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh, what a nightmare this is, let us all enjoy windows 11 or at least make ssd a requirement for windows 11 great maybe windows 11 will become usable by 2025 atm all i see is rounded corners at the expense of removing features and customization why Task are they all talking about windows only. 11 i thought that wasn't uh, what we're talking about they're, here. they're saying that like i want windows 11 hmm. windows 10 is just getting like some pretty like whoop-de-doo features or whatever there's a lot of people that were pretty upset about this article yeah people are upset about stuff <laughs> but it was more entertaining that than actual article. <laughs> yeah the happy people never never take time no. to post but seems. man they are not as funny as in malcontents <laughs> yeah it's the upset people are yeah. much more entertaining all right well uh if there's nothing more to talk about in that update should we move on to the next you shut your mouth when you're talking to me all right more windows news this one is from neowin.net microsoft suspends sql server on windows containers beta recommends linux instead oh. uh, 
This kind of takes me back when we had John Hammond on. We talked a lot about the Microsoft containers and like security issues. Does this have anything to do with that, or is this a completely different issue? Um, you may, maybe a little bit, right? Okay. So a couple of years ago, Microsoft kind of surprised us all by rolling out support for Microsoft SQL Server on Linux, and the way they achieved that was by containerizing it. So you could run Microsoft SQL in a container on top of Linux. Really interesting, and I kind of viewed that at the time as Microsoft saying, "Look." we're going to start shifting the server workloads over to Linux. Now, that, that hasn't happened, uh, but I, I still feel that's the direction they're moving in. Well, last year, they announced support for Microsoft SQL on Windows, which you know they already had support for, but in Windows containers. Now, mm. Windows containers are a largely pointless thing that Microsoft releases, uh, <laughs> but they, you know, they're, they're doubling down on it. They're not getting rid of it. And so they were working on getting SQL to run inside of a Windows container. Well, they ran into some challenges, right? Windows containers are not as fully baked as Linux containers are. Linux containers use C groups and other ways to isolate and create boundaries in between the containers. Windows containers don't really have a lot of that. So Microsoft's a little bit behind the eight ball on it. Uh, the article Peter referenced was that there's a couple of ways to escape Windows containers, yeah. which... The Windows containers don't contain things. And in their original design, security was not even a concern, right? The, the developers have admitted that. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we've covered that in previous episodes. And so Microsoft has found that uh, two things. One... It's going to take a lot of work to make those SQL uh, containers reliable and secure. Mm. And two, very few people are actually using them. So it's just not worth it to do it. And so they've announced that they're ending it. Now, it never came out of beta, so most people wouldn't have adopted these in production. So it's not that big of a loss. But it really is kind of a signal like, hey, we achieved this thing on Linux. We can't achieve it on Windows. Like, What, what message does that send to you about Windows Server? Uh, work is hard. That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got time for that business, Don? I still I think mean, like Windows Server's place is going away. And ultimately, if you've got it working on the other platform and that's just as easy to deploy, then just do that, right? Like when nobody's using it, like you said, or was it the article that said that never really lost its beta status yeah. anyway? So no big deal. But they make 800 bucks a seat on server licensing versus Linux where they make nothing. Well, so. you know, I know that they're struggling financially, <laughs> so... <laughs> No, uh, I know that Don, your your prediction for years has been that there will eventually be a Linux distro uh, that is is run by Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Are you surprised that that kind of didn't happen in tangent with this? That they're saying, "Hey, just go to Linux," but are Linux or, or something like that? You know, so instead of releasing their own, they have partnered more and more closely with Canonical, mm. uh, almost so much that you, you feel like they should acquire them. Uh, I'm that not sure they could. Interesting. Uh, you know, they, they run their own Ubuntu <laughs> repositories now that are managed by Microsoft. If you use WSL, it defaults to Ubuntu Linux. Yeah. And so, you know, in a way, they are managing it. They're actually pushing kernel updates for WSL2 through Windows updates now. So in a way, Microsoft's kind of done it without actually doing it. And I don't know if that's a marketing thing or if there's some future acquisition coming down the line, but more and more as each year passes, I, I don't understand why Microsoft's Windows server is still a product. Like I would not deploy a Windows server today as a, a new infrastructure, as new deployment. It, it would have to be supporting some legacy thing. So are you counting this as a win then? That there's uh, a Microsoft Linux distro, or are you going to go ahead and put this one in the no, I, prediction? I, I'm still not ready to stamp it. I, I think that there will eventually be a actual Microsoft distro, like their name stamped on it. Called this Microsoft is a product. Linux. Yeah. 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 I mean, j just like Amazon Linux, yeah, right? Which is true. basically a fork of Ubuntu, um, or 
Wait, no, is it's it? a fork of Centos. Is it? It was. I don't know what it's going to oh. be now, now that Centos is gone, but... And uh, sadly, you're right that that will be the name that they probably spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars for the marketing team to come yeah. up with. We should go out what and buy we call it Focus now? groups. Microsoft yeah. Linux. Are you oh. not purchasing that today, Don? <laughs> they should call it uh, Lindos. Yeah. Remember uh, that one? Oh, yeah. They, they sued him once, so the name's out there. Did they really? <laughs> I didn't know they sued him. Oh, yeah. Sued the hell out of him. We're calling it Lindos? Mm-hmm. Can they do? Did they, did they win? Yeah. No way. That, that's why it's not Lindos. That's why it became Mandrake or whatever, and then they have more lawyers than this you, does Daniel. Not make sense. You don't have to be yeah. right. You have to have more resources, and God. they've got them. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. have that in spades. <laughs> in spades. All right. Well, uh, sticking on this Microsoft theme for the week, let's move on to TheVerge.com. Microsoft warns of Windows Print Nightmare vulnerability that's been actively exploited. The Windows Print Spooler strikes again, and so. Uh, what what does this one do? Because a print nightmare to me just sounds like going back to dot matrix or something. <laughs> it's right. just printing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. The principaler, you know, it has been around in its current form for a long, long time. In fact, if you ran Windows NT 4.0, it used pretty much the same principaler that you use today, and that was back in 1997. So we're talking about a, a very mature, old piece of software, but not very feature-rich, right? Not a, not a fancy thing. They've added a little bit to it over the years. And a few times, exploits have come out. Now, exploits in the printer spooler are a little extra dangerous because the way print drivers work and how the kernel communicates with them. So privilege escalation is a real risk with the print spooler. Well, a security researcher had discovered not one, not two, but three zero days in the print spooler, and they were going to announce them at uh, either Black Hat or RSA. Yeah, Black which Hat. One. Black Hat. Yeah. Yeah. So they were going to announce them at the conference. They did responsible disclosure. They told Microsoft. So Microsoft was working on a patch, an update. Uh, and so they did announce it. Well, Microsoft rolled out a patch for a exploit for the principaler. And the researcher thought that patch applied to the vulnerability that he wanted to disclose. And so he disclosed it and then realized the patch was for another similar oh, zero no. day uh, and so pulled back his paper but it was too late uh, it had already been forked on github the it was already out there never forgets and it? so now it's being actively exploited and what makes the principaler a nightmare is that every install of windows is running the principaler by default whether you have printers or not uh, if you have a windows server domain controller it's got the principal are running on it. It's got ports that are open that are listening for connections. And so Microsoft is telling you that if you've got systems that need to be secure, you need to stop the principaler because it is a remote code execution attack, which is one of the worst ones, right, Daniel? Ah, what's the worst that can happen, right? <laughs> Somebody runs a print job? Or, yes, it is extremely bad. Those RCEs are the, like the last thing in the world you want. So if you have the ability to basically just connect to a machine and go, hey, run whatever code I tell you to or commands I tell you to. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, remember that happened before? Something like eternal something, blue something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Stuxnet. Yeah. Stuxnet, Stuxnet used it. Yeah. Yep. Fun, fun times. So it's, they can do more than just print stuff off my printer. I mean, maybe a couple of things, like whatever they want. That'd be annoying if my neighbor just keeps coming over, like, hey, can I get that thing I just yeah. printed? Now, this one, uh, this particular vulnerability, and there's two others that haven't been disclosed yet. So this one hmm. relies on manipulating the remote print operations. And so you can use group policy to disable remote printing. You can use a firewall to block access to remote printing. So there's a few different ways to stop access to it to protect yourself. Uh, Microsoft is still working on a patch. All right. Well, nice. I, I think, is that it for our Microsoft news? Uh, yes. 
<laughs> All right, fantastic. Like he's been waiting for that Let's, the whole time. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a startup. I should have done that at the beginning of Microsoft News beginning. and played the the end music at the end. Yeah, it's bad. Right. Yeah, it goes down. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, our next article then is from bleepingcomputer.com. Uh, I'm not sure how to say this one, but I think it's Our Evil Ransomware hits 1,000 plus companies in MSP supply chain attack. And uh, that's a big deal. I know yeah. that there's a, yep. a lot of people talking about this one. So what do we know about uh, how this one originated uh, at this point? Well, let's start with something we don't know, which I don't know how to pronounce this either. Is yeah. it Revel? I would think it's Revel. And, right? Yeah. Yeah, the that R is capital and the E is capital. It's yeah. like we say R-E, you know. But right? there's no space. Well, so, if you, yeah. the listener, know how to pronounce that one, write in and let us know. So I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say Revel for now. We'll go, go with that. Kind of sounds like Weevil. Um, yeah. So this type of attack is one of the worst kind, and it's not the first time that it's happened. Something like this similar happened a couple of years ago. But basically, a, uh, a hacking group, again, a, a Russian-based uh, cybercrime group, uh, which is, is Revel. So we, I'm, I'm starting to go in a circle here. Let me stop. <laughs> this is not the first time we've heard of Revel, right? So right. these are the ones that uh, used a ransomware attack to compromise the pipeline on the East Coast in the U.S. that caused oh, gas prices guy. to go oh. up. That was Revel. So, you know, they, oh, they, I, thought that, I thought they did the meat hack. Oh, the JB, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they've done a couple. This this has been a recurring thing. Oh, these guys. Yep. Come, uh, so they, come for our bacon? They have done ransomware attacks. I thought it was Darkseid that did the, um, the pipeline. Oh, was it Darkseid? Yeah, I think it was Darkseid. Oh, am I mixing it up? Yeah. Well, either way, Revil has been active. Bro, there's so many of those Russian yeah. hacking groups. Yeah. It's so hard to keep them straight. How dare I falsely yeah. accuse them of a wrong yeah. crime instead of the right crime. It's the same crime, I guess, yeah. different Yeah, different you're going to get sued now by... But they are a <laughs> ransomware group that we, we've talked about here on the show a couple of times. So this is just their next attack that's you know, been in their long line. But this one is worse than the others because they compromise software used by MSPs, managed service providers. So uh, there is a product out there called Kaseya. Kaseya is owned by ConnectWise. Originally, it was a separate company that was acquired by ConnectWise. So not all ConnectWise products are affected, but Kaseya itself... If you use the cloud-based Kaseya product, it got compromised. Now, there was an authentication bypass that was used and a file upload uh, vulnerability, so they were able to upload content and execute it uh, as an administrator and basically take over the Kaseya cloud deployment. If you've never heard of Kaseya, what it does is it lets you manage updates and software installations across enterprises, disparate systems, uh, and whatever. So MSPs love it because a managed service provider can come in, install the Kaseya agent on all of your computers, and then pull up a quick report to say, are these machines up to date? And if a machine's not up to date, they click a button and it remotely updates that machine, which is really nice. And I got to think ransomware gangs love it too. <laughs> and they did because the first thing they did is they said, okay, uh, let's turn off Windows Defender. Click. Yeah, because that's right? just in the way. And the... Uh, the a few weeks ago, we talked about a secure folder feature that was rolled out by Microsoft that would allow you to protect from ransomware. Yes. So they turned that off, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, gotcha. So yeah. That, that new feature worked great. Uh, <laughs> and, and so they basically reached out and disabled the security software on thousands of computers and then were able to push the ransomware um, malware payload out wow. and synchronized watches across all these systems and fired off the encryption all at once, encrypting thousands of computers. Don, it sounds like what you're saying is if they have full control over the computers, they can disable all those safety mechanisms. They can. Do whatever the hell they feel like doing. They can indeed. 
Huh. They should do that more often than if they want to be more successful. So on, on one <laughs> hand, I feel a little bad talking about this news article because, uh, you know, we just talked about Cloud Plus and cloud solutions. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's adopted them. But this is one of the risks with cloud solutions that by using a managed service provider, if the MSP gets compromised, they have full access to your network. And so now the attackers can leapfrog from the managed service provider to all of their clients. So over 200 Kaseya customers servicing over 1,000 businesses with tens, hundreds of thousands of computers were all impacted by this one breach. And the uh, the Revolt Group had asked for, uh, what was it, $50 million? I it 70. Was it 70 million? Yeah, it was, a, it was a big payday. They wanted a lot. Yeah, they and wanted that money. They're reaching out to the individual customers affected, trying to pull ransom there as well. So they're, oh, they're trying to get dipping. ransom wherever they can get it. That's yep. true. Hey, so no that? honor among thieves. No, huh? there's not. Hey, listen, guy, you already got me over here. Now you're gonna try to get yeah, me like over what, there. Come do on. I have to pay this one too? Or yeah. Like, yeah and they're going? they're asking forty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars from uh, from the from direct. the MSPs, which makes me think, what what is there like <laughs> at Forty five thousand there's some like IRS hit or something. <laughs> like why are they <laughs> the Russian government's gonna come in and be like, You did not pay us yeah. <laughs> You do oh it's the money. I honestly, you know, they've got like the safe haven in Russia, right? So they should just pay the taxes yeah. <laughs> in exchange <laughs> right. for the protection they get. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you still got a pretty yeah. good payout, right? Well, if you were holding out hopes for President Biden's trip to uh <laughs> to Russia to stop the <laughs> ransomware uh Epidemic? What, what do we call yeah, this? That's a good question. Yeah. Epidemic? Yeah, apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> it, it did not. Turns out politicians talking don't actually <laughs> achieve anything. Weird. So, I they yeah. Well, I guess there's another one. Breaking of those news. Things I thought was true that ain't. <laughs> I thought they, they had a pinky square in the yeah. meeting that uh, yeah. this was all over. What well, a damn shame. Lions, sons <laughs> of guns. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, I mean, so we're we're in the middle of this one still. So I, I have a feeling we'll talk about this. You know, a bit I, I again. guess I should mention that, right? Because like with with Microsoft, you had that workaround for the principal, or with Kaseya, the uh, the workaround is shut off your Kaseya yeah. server. Stop using this. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, so they don't have a fix yet. Uh, they they understand how the attackers were able to get in. They're working on a patch, but they have not created one. So as of the filming of this episode. Uh, the only solution is turn off Kaseya. So that that uh, that really stinks because then how how do you know if your other updates are going? Are you possibly mean, vulnerable you to other tell stuff? Tell me, I got to go back to the old school manual way of updating and being an administrator and doing my own thing. I guess so. Jeez, but shame you laid off that IT department. Son of a. <laughs> definitely pay the ransom though, because um, you can write that off in your taxes. I think we oh, yeah, we, we talked about that last week. Yeah, so. true. Hey, congratulations on the tax break, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Revol. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll pay less Wait taxes because you'll... They're in cahoots. <laughs> yeah. You'll pay less taxes because you'll also make less money this year. That's why it was 49000 right? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's this perfect tax bracket thing that comes in. All right. Well, let's move on uh, to our next segment, which is WTF. Music. Uh, this geez. segment brought to you by Belltone Hearing Aids. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry, what? Exactly. <laughs> All right, this one Belltone. is from. We'll, we'll lower that in 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 post. Make it make a note there. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, this one is from CNBC.com. Uh, California Highway Patrol tickets driver with apparent SpaceX Starlink dish <laughs> bolted to car hood. 
As you do. Yeah. Did you guys see the picture? <laughs> the yes. picture's fantastic. It's directly in front of I the... I don't understand why he put it on the hood and not why the Why not on trunk, the roof? On the roof. Right? All right, so I was trying to rationalize this also, right? So in the picture, and, and if, you're, if you're listening, you got to Google for it. It was a Toyota Prius, <laughs> and they, they took a, a Starlink satellite dish, which most of us have not seen, right? The only, they're only Prius in California, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's uh, like the only car they drive. The there. dish is pretty small. It's like a foot and a half in it's, diameter, I mean, it's maybe? It's about the same uh, size as like a direct TV or, or dish network. Is dish. it that big? Uh, it, it's, it's similar. Yeah, it's in it's that similar. range. It's pretty it's small. It's in that range. Uh, but it, it's huge if you mount it smack in the middle of the hood of your car, yeah. which is what this person did. And so it, it obstructed their vision. They got pulled over and they got a ticket. But like you, Daniel, I was wondering, what, I, I was trying to rationalize this. Like, why wouldn't you put it on the roof or on the trunk, right? right. And um, the trunk, well, if you open the trunk, the dish okay. would hit the car, all right. But so you don't open the hood as much as you do so the, the trunk. roof. That makes Ma- sense. Maybe they were worried about low hanging stuff, but it's a Prius. It's, a Prius. it's not very it's tall. Not like it's, yeah. And so. then, like, I mean, how how much farther? You're already like Jimmy rigging this thing up to your roof or your hood or whatever. Just put like a hinge mechanism in there and like lay it down and pick it up when you're. Yeah, because they say they work out of the car, and so that's why they have it. Come on. Well, so so I, I was kind of following along with that. All right. Yeah. So if, if you're working out of your car and you got a mobile hotspot, they're not very good, right? Right. You go into places that don't have cell phone signal. Well, Starlink uses satellite, so yeah. you know maybe maybe that's the way you rationalize the service. But I was reading some of the the user comments on this one, and we, we don't have Starlink out here, right? It's rolled out in a very small set of, of zip I really codes. Really want it, <laughs> uh, yeah. But apparently, when you sign up for Starlink, you put in your address because one of the Starlink satellites that's part of the constellation has to be specifically looking your way. That in order, sense. it's very, very tight beam. It's not like yeah. you know, um, uh, whatever the dish internet is, yeah. where it's you know, big wide beams can hit anywhere. Here, it's very focused. So this wouldn't work uh, driving around driving, in your yeah. car. You, you'd quickly get outside of the range of where that satellite mm. was expecting you to be, and it wouldn't work. So I really don't. I, I almost feel like this might be fake news, hmm. but it's it's been picked up by major. Uh, this is CNBC, so. There's just so many questions that that crop up in my mind about this whole thing. Like, so the the stand that he has mounted to the hood, does the stand give it a better signal? Why don't you just lay it flat as a dish on the hood and let it point up and just have like a, I don't know, some sort of mechanism that yeah, allows you. Yeah, there's got to be a better way. Right. This is just the well, dumbest way to do this. Elon Musk said that they do, <laughs> in the future, they do intend to have Starlink widespread enough where you can put it on a vehicle. Okay. Because, yeah, uh, I saw that in the yeah. article. So, But he said, this is not it. Be Maybe they, they will actually have a different dish. <laughs> gotcha. You know, because you can get direct TV on a van. I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever seen the it's giant the round, saucer. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, think about your, your uh, satellite radio. They're. People are getting things from satellites without a huge dish. There's a little little antenna that you have. Now, so if you want to have some real fun, you got those um, those tracking servos and stuff for like um, mm. telescopes, and it GPSs to things in the sky, right? You just tell it where you're at. There's north, yeah. and you just point it toward the right satellite. Cool. And it'll it'll track it. So that would be fun. My, my favorite part of this That's article, a hack right there. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of this article, the uh, Higher Patrol uh, posted this on their social media, and they said, uh, their caption was, Sir, I stopped you today for visual obstruction. Does it not block your view while you're driving? And the, the CHP added that the motorist replied, Only when I make right turns. Huh. Well, there you go. So, seems, yeah, seems, minimal impact, man. Yeah. Seems safe Those most people of the time. ran off the road, they're fine. <laughs> and the other thing is the guy bolted it to the hood of his car. That means he had to drill three holes in the hood of his yeah. car. I, That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. There seems to be 
a better way. But again, a Prius hood, as, as Daniel said, a Prius hood in California is a dime a dozen. And like you said, you're not doing this as you drive down the road. So just lay it down or something or yeah. make a quick release. This and is not like difficult engineering here. You know, you get some of those heavy magnets. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a car. Right? Prius is metal, right? Yeah. This is less than my check. So. Well, you never know. Like the yeah, Saturns, they had the plastic body. That's amazing. Well, th- this would work well for NASCAR where they only turn left. It's true. No problem. That is a good point. Yeah. I, that's, uh, that's like a marketing opportunity like, right there. Again, it, it, it might have <laughs> yeah. a drag issue. He, he's, uh, looking up, yeah. he's looking up the stats on the other driver's car as well. He's making his no. left turn. He just like, sent ransomware to my car. Man, Kyle Busch has got how much horsepower underneath that thing? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's a mess. And not recommended. Wait you know, till they roll tell out. Tell you mentioned that. I just thought about it. Like the XM radio, that's a one-way communication, right? Yeah. I think and, so. Receiving. Yeah. And yeah. with like Dish TV, that's a one-way communication. Is I, it a I one-way? Think. Well, yeah, because when you're talking, to, like when you order a movie, for example, I think that's going that, over the your phone internet. line, right? Yeah. You have to have a phone line plugged in, yeah. or at least you used to. I think it's internet now. It's, it's going Is over it? your broadband. Hmm. All right. Well, huh. well, we'll see, but... you. Know, Having internet in your car, just tether to your phone. It's it's easy. That works. I've yeah, done that, it. That works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, five G is a thing now, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you you know, want the yeah. government to control your mind, yeah. If you Who like, does it? <laughs> you like That's cancer. what I do. I mean, you don't even have to think about it. You just do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do one last segment here. I told you we had some some feedback from all of you, so uh, let's get into our listener mail segment. <laughs> You've got mail. Man, that, that takes me back. <laughs> All right. Uh, so last week we talked about Windows 11 uh, and and what was coming with that, and and people people were upset. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's see what we've got. A few comments here. Artemidorus uh, wrote, I do not like the childish Mac OS design. It's taking away from the window size, so now we need to pay more attention when closing things to not click on the dead space from the rounded corners. The tax- taskbar looks like a pointless gimmick that will uh, that most people will instantly set back to the original theme. All in all, looks like baby's first windows. Hmm. I like that one. You know, that reminds me, uh, when Windows XP came out, Right, and they went to that brighter blue bar yeah. and the the desktop with the grass hills yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a, a we didn't call them memes back then. It was just a funny picture. Like the Teletubbies, um, right? That was uh, with Teletubbies, yeah. or there was Windows FP, Windows Fisher Price, oh, that's and cute. That's you know, it was funny. the same idea. Like this is what the kids want. But then yeah. after a year or two, that just became normal, yeah. and nobody batted an eye at it. And it's people true. like green grass. That's a subjective thing, right? So, so yeah, yeah, I, I think this one might go that same way. That you know, you you might not like it in the beginning but get used to it I, I do kind of agree on the rounded corners though because we're so used to resizing by grabbing onto the corner yeah. and if it's rounded it makes it a little bit harder i sure. i have that challenge on max uh max they, they do weird things on max like no if you want to click on an icon and it's got a name like you have to actually click on the line of oh, the right. letter you can't right. click in the blank space no you cannot so yeah hopefully Microsoft doesn't annoying. go that crazy yeah. Right. Yeah. next one we had uh from Co- uh, coma boy Coma boy with a K, uh, or it's and then boy is spelled B O I, so coma boy uh, nineteen. Uh, I'm not digging the TPM 2.0 mandate. None of my PCs have it, and I'm not going to buy a new computer just for this. I usually yeah, don't will. mind updating to a new version. Uh, this will likely be the end of the road for myself and Windows. Well, you know, um, we. We did talk about how there are ways to get it installed without a TPM, mm. but 
I understand why Microsoft is doing it is to facilitate BitLocker, that they want to have a system that's encrypted by default. And with Macs, they do that through a security chip that Apple puts in all of their hardware. They control the hardware so they can do that. On Windows, it's third-party hardware. And it's inconsistent. And the various vendors that are out there have not been putting TPMs, especially in motherboards for desktops. They've just not been putting TPMs on there. So at some point, somebody's got to step in and say, look, we need this hardware to better secure our systems. And so that's what Microsoft is trying to do. Uh, fortunately, you've got four more years of Windows 10 support before like it becomes a forced thing and you My have to savior. go to Windows 11. Uh, you know, Hopefully your hardware will have a TPM by then. And I, I suspect we'll see that where more and more vendors just include a TPM in the base model. Four more a good, years. good way to like, push innovation into the new technologies. Yeah. Make you have to be more secure. And they do sell add-in cards, but I, I tried one once and it did not work. Like oh, just period. Well, did not work. Just, <laughs> oh, this is junk. Not like it was flaky. <laughs> yeah. you know, the system could never detect it. Yeah, yeah it was... Weird. All right, next one. Uh, Tony Wine says, just a change of eye candy. Dig an inch down and it's Windows 10. Uh, I think it is a, a cynical ploy to sell more PCs. Windows 10.5, really. Typical U.S. marketing crap. Mm, I feel you. I'd probably agree with most of that statement. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, <laughs> built, it's built on the same, uh, same platform, basically, um, right? You know, if you're Microsoft, I, I have to imagine they don't make a ton of money selling windows anymore right it's having it packaged with the pcs that we buy yeah. fewer and fewer people build their own computers anymore and those are the people that are buying actual windows licenses right so if you go and get a dell or an hp or whatever it comes with windows and that's where microsoft is making most of their money on it so from that respect those hardware vendors are going to buy windows 10 or windows 11 anyway so that that's not necessarily changing the the money side of things and then for the regular users the upgrade is free so I, I don't think it's a money grab, but there's certainly a marketing side to it. You can't just stay Windows 10 for a long time. When Apple went to Mac OS 11, ooh, the competitor went up a version number. We haven't. Like, you yeah. know, that, that's where marketing people are going to step in and say, hey, guys, it's time for a new version number. But yeah. That's why they skipped nine so they could just keep up. <laughs> that like, wasn't argument. Why don't we go that? to like 14? We yeah. can just jump ahead a few yeah. and then we're ahead just of Just do that. Mac. Yeah. All right. Um, Windows laser. Yeah, another person says. <laughs> yeah, uh, watcher says it sounds awful as per usual. The modern for the modern uh, incarnation of Microsoft, unfortunately. Um, but I did want to share one other. This uh, uh, we had one comment about the Facebook data leak we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, someone called the world is a vampire said. Mark Zuckerberg did not create Facebook. He was the face of a government-developed software to oh. gather information and spy on American citizens. His story is fictional and was intended to explain away the phenomenon that was Facebook. Go down the rabbit hole and investigate the CIA project that ended right before Facebook was born. Look up uh, information, information gathering department called DARPA. Uh, Congress shut it down. Then soon after, Facebook was born. I like this. You like this segment? God, DARPA got shut this down? This I don't know. Did get shut down, I did didn't. it? You got shut down. According to the world as a vampire, <laughs> sent it to did. drain. Yeah. Right. No, wait, sent to drain. Right? That's a you secret say it that destroyer. Way. Something about pain. I don't yeah. remember the next lyric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do I get? <laughs> still just a rat in a cage. Um, Defense Despite Advanced Research Projects Agency. <laughs> As, as far as I'm aware, DARPA is not... I mean, maybe he was referring to a project at DARPA, DARPA that probably. got shut down. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Well, right. yeah, uh, Mr. Vampire World, uh, if you could send in a clarification, we would appreciate it. 
to understand which project did DARPA because everything else made sense in that argument. Listen, no yeah. one distrusts the government as much as I do, so if you saw Mark, there's probably some truth to this. If, <laughs> if you saw Mark Zuckerberg's Fourth of July post, uh, you will agree that he is a robot. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see yeah. Oh, he was like surfing with a yeah. flag, right? He was just uh, surfing just with a flag. Surfing with a flag. It was a weird like hydro... One of those hydrofoil things oh, where you're like above the water cool. a little bit. But it was playing John Denver, Country Roads uh, in the back. It was just it was Lee just Greenwood. Odd. It should have been Lee Greenwood, no. right? Yeah, because he was standing up right. as well. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there you go. All right. Hey. That was the bad. That was a bug in the program. Yeah. The something 2.0 will be better. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, he got wet. <laughs> That's the problem. Can't do that. It's probably a deep fake, right? Like, he's yeah, not even yeah. out there. He's he's in China right now. It's just some <laughs> redneck that's got some money. He's like, yeah, buddy. It's a deep fake on his own account. Yeah. I on his own platform. I myself got Zuckerberg's face. Yeah. It was amazing. All right, everybody. want to let you know about a webinar that's happening today, uh, later today. So uh, if you haven't, you know, you know, you've already skipped out on enough work to listen to this, but uh, just head over to this on uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday, July 11th. It is Explore Next Level uh, CompTIA CyberSec Certs. What makes sense for you? So we'll be talking about CISA and CASP and Pentest Plus and all those things. Um, that is with Patrick Lane from CompTIA. Don't worry if you miss it. Uh, we will have it archived. It'll be up on uh, itpro.tv slash webinars shortly thereafter, so you can go back and check it out again. Uh, we've also got another CompTIA-related webinar taking place later this month, Thursday, July 22nd. First look, updated CompTIA CASP Plus, new exam objectives drop in August. And Adam Gordon will be going through all of those for you, and you can understand what is taking place uh, with the new CASP Plus. Uh, so itpro.tv slash webinars for both of those. And uh, while you're on the internet, head over to technado.com. You can uh, check out all the latest episodes. You can submit viewer mail like we just talked mm. about and uh, tell us um, how you think uh, Mark Zuckerberg was created in a lab. <laughs> or how to pronounce Revil. Yeah. Well, yeah, or <laughs> how to pronounce our evil, Revil, Rebel. Uh, so many options out there. And you can click that big uh, sponsored by IT Pro TV orange button in the upper right hand corner and takes you over to IT Pro TV where you can see uh, all the great features available from IT Pro TV, including, uh, well, for the for teams, you've got the, the pro portal and all that great stuff. And then you can get a 30 percent off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal membership uh, to IT Pro TV and take that with you for as long as you live. Good times. Sounds great phenomenal. times. All right. Well, uh, you know, we're we're recording this a couple days a uh, couple days in advance. We've got a tropical storm coming through, so hopefully uh, we survive, and we'll be back next week. Um, the it's category iffy. negative one rainstorm. Yeah. 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 You mean normal afternoon showers? For <laughs> It'll just be Florida. like uh, more than an afternoon, like an, like into the evening. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. So yeah. Just a little longer than normal. I mean, don't stand under a tree. Why not? Because they, they could fall. They fall uh, a lot during this stuff. I don't have any trees in my yard, so. All right. Thanks to the last storm. <laughs> no. All right, everybody. Well, stay safe uh, if you are in the path. Uh, well, ne never mind, because th this comes out Thursday, so. It'll be over. Hope you stay safe. <laughs> this is our memorial yeah. episode. <laughs> Unless it's, yeah. This is how I'll we want to be remembered? <laughs> That's disappointing. Well, thank you to Randall for joining us earlier, and thank you all of you for watching. We'll see you next week right here on Technado with Don Bazette. Tell our story. If we live. <laughs> <laughs>